Welcome to the AJP podcast, a podcast that discusses current events, relevant topics, and emerging issues in pharmacy. I'm your host, Carly McMore, and together with my producer, Jared McMore, and the Australian Journal of Pharmacy, we are bringing you a podcast that draws on the opinions and expertise of pharmacists from all settings and experience levels. From those pharmacists who've already been a voice in the profession, to those who've never had their voice heard before. This episode is entitled, Advice for Your Pharmacy Career. I wanted to discuss this for people who are starting their career or people who are considering options in their career, people who've been thinking about a change in career, just stimulating thoughts from people who do what you do or who've changed careers and work in a different um, role but still utilizing their skills, just to share their experience and some of their advice with you. In this episode, Catherine Duggan shares advice on careers and how to transition to a new job or role well. Take an opportunity, uh, but don't burn your bridges would be a really good piece of advice that I would hand on to others. So that might be the best advice that I've had. Um, It's worth noting as you look back at your CV that most of us haven't necessarily had a master plan, you know, had an idea that by this time I will be here. Uh, We kind of get where we get by art more than by design. Um, but it's built up on um, a whole set of things that you can't control, and that's a good piece of advice as well. So it's your opportunities, your experience, and your situation. And in a profession, to be a good professional, don't burn your bridges and don't make too many enemies. Forcefully would be a really good way of behaving, but to take an opportunity, if you, um, you analyse it and think, you know, the benefits outweigh the risks of this one, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a go. Um, and be prepared to learn from that, whether it's a successful thing or not. That's a really good life lesson. So I don't know if that's um, the best advice I've been given necessarily, but I think it's a good bit of advice I would give someone else. Cathy Reed shares advice on what not to do in your career after learning from the actions of an unexpected mentor. Look, I think I think probably the number one learning experience I ever had was was pretty early on in my career where I where I actually got taught a fantastic example of what not to do. I worked for a pharmacist and no names, no identifiers. Um, he had a he had a number of pharmacies in uh, in a state that I won't mention and he he ruled those businesses with a reign of terror and he used to you know everything from his own staff to the drug company reps and the and the product reps that used to come in and see him and he used to delight in how nasty essentially he could be to those people and particularly with the with the suppliers he loved it if they left in tears and shattered and he wore it as a badge of honour that he actually was able to screw an incredible deal out of them. But then I would see them when they came through the pharmacy on their way out and they were hell-bent on doing whatever they possibly could. He might have got the deal out of them, but you think that he was ever going to get any other kind of support or assistance or anything else. So the learning, I guess, that I took out of that role was around the importance of partnerships and that if you take the time to understand, whether it be a patient, whether it be a supplier, whether it be your bank or 
whoever you're actually working with, all of those different relationships that are important for business success, it's really important to not only know what you want to get out of it, but what the other party needs to deem that a success as well. And if you can actually help them to make their side of the equation successful, as well as them helping you to make your side of the equation successful, that actually creates so much more value than trying to screw a one-time good deal or force an employee into a pathway that they're really not happy with but you can feel that you've actually won. So that's probably the biggest learning that I was fortunate enough to get quite early on in my career, not that long after graduating, and it's certainly something that's very much driven the way that my interactions with everybody that I've been involved in from a business perspective to date have been have have been conducted so it's not probably quite like I don't think he actually he certainly didn't hand it out as advice but it was certainly a great lesson (laughs) that I took out of that experience and it's one that served me in pretty good stead over the over the course of the subsequent 30 or so years. Carolyn Huxhagen discusses the things you may need to consider when choosing an intern position, including the importance of mentors and why choosing variety in a placement setting can really prepare you for varied career options. Probably I was always very lucky in my pharmacy career because the barriers that were there were always barriers that gave me an incentive to jump over them. And so I was lucky that I walked into a pharmacy and asked for an intern position um, in those days called pre-reg and they said, oh, the boy that we had, we were putting on just didn't turn up for work. He didn't drive to Mackay and he didn't actually start work and we only wanted a boy pharmacist because girls always leave to have babies and he didn't look at my university degree. He didn't look at my marks. He just asked me a few simple questions. Could I make syrup? Did I like compounding? Was I afraid of animals? Um, could I use a screwdriver? Could I change a tyre in a car? And I said yes to all of those things. And I got the opportunity then to work in a pharmacy that had a um, predominant Uh, a focus on vet pharmacy, Um, did a lot of extemporaneous work, had their own formulary and um, so it was really interesting and really different. We supplied medication to lighthouses and islands and it was the beginning of the mining boom so we were doing um, outreach to mining services and, and then we set up a private hospital. So in my intern year and then two years in and and beyond I just had a diversity of practice and so I was really lucky because I sort of walked into this opportunity to gain knowledge very quickly. Um, I The bad part was that I had four bosses and they all didn't get on with each other. Um, so that made me sort of be really cognizant of keep your mouth shut and um, yeah so that was that was probably It became an opportunity so that I had a diverse um, area of practice. So when I finally left them and went off to manage friendly societies, um, I was very skilled because of the diversity of their practice. Then when I went into PSA politics, I was lucky to work with Jay Hooper, who 
um, was a person who just pushed you to to use your brain to think, you know, what what's out there? What kind of practice opportunities are out there that you as a young pharmacist want to explore and what 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 makes you want to do what you do and and so he um, pushed me to be involved because I had a passion for rural and remote and Aboriginal health and and so yeah he was my mentor and um, yeah but at PSA especially when I went to National Council I got a lot of mentors and it was it was interesting and fun and we we had an uh, an amazing group of us um, that you know helped each other, and yeah, you know, we used to have the best times so of just discussing. Well, how will we deliver education to you know Newman, and how will we edu- deliver education to you know Christmas Island, and you know it was all you know the how, and everybody had a, an opinion and an idea, and people listened. So I um, yeah, I've I've always been lucky to have people who made you extend your mind. Renee Beardmore discusses inspiration and mentors and how these can shape the pharmacist you will become. Um, I don't know if it's advice so much as inspiration. Um, and you know, fortunate to have you know, been inspired by so many people and, um, but completely um, out of really good luck and uh, I got the opportunity to work with Lloyd Sampson on the PBAC for many years and just to see his passion for being a pharmacist because quite honestly I'd come out of several years of owning a couple of pharmacies and was a bit you know worn down by the whole process but just to see his unwavering passion for providing evidence-based health services medicines to patients um, and the generosity in which he gives back to the profession, um, no matter how busy he is or whatever else he's got on his plate, uh, is, is something that's really inspired me. Because whilst I don't work as a normal, whatever that is anymore, pharmacist, um, you know, I'm hoping to you know, be able to give back in some way with the experiences and the knowledge that I've had with the variation. So not advice, but... Yeah, someone that I look to. Kay Dunkley and Sam Flood discuss how a pharmacy career can prepare us for a variety of careers and specialisations, not just within pharmacy. I don't, I don't remember getting this advice specifically, but certainly I think what has always inspired me in pharmacy is the breadth of things we can actually do and the breadth of things that our qualifications equip us for so that pharmacy has so many different aspects to it different areas we can work in and the knowledge we gain through our working as a pharmacist but even you know our undergraduate degree and any postgraduate study can take us into a lot of areas that are very very broad I mean you know, within each area of pharmacy, there's a range of specialties. I mean, certainly in the hospital sector, there's a great range of specialties that people can pursue. And I actually think that becoming a, a specialised pharmacist in a particular area can be, you know, very important in terms of working alongside the medical profession in those areas because you you develop specialist knowledge which complements their diagnostic knowledge and you can work with them. In the community, again, I think it's really good to have um, special skills and whether it, you know, specialising in diabetes education 
or specialising in um, nutrition or a range of other services that we can specialise in are very important. And then you look outside the, the main sectors, you know, hospital and community, and you start looking at government and the opportunities to work there, the opportunities to work with professional organisations and even consulting um, as a, a consultant pharmacist, that is a whole other direction. But also in the bigger sort of picture, our qualifications actually enable us to work in a range of other spheres such as health insurance companies, um, consulting companies that look at, um, you know, analysing. Our skills are very broad, really. You know, our basic degree is more than just a science degree and also our, our mode of learning actually develops um, significant skills in terms of research, being able to research, being able to analyse, being able to assess. And I think also, you know, our broad understanding of the health industry is really important as well, and that's very relevant. I mean, my career has taken me in a lot of different directions, working in areas that involve quality use of medicines, working within pharmacy organisations, working in the hospital sphere, um, and both, and also commun- um, doing. Uh, medication reviews as a consultant pharmacist. So I think there's, you know, a range of things and I think that's what has really inspired me to stay in pharmacy is the different directions we can take. Yeah, not sure. I think, yeah, just keep an open mind. Be open to the idea that pharmacy can go in a lot of different directions. Um, We, at university, it was kind of community pharmacy and hospital pharmacy or possibly going into research and development were the only things that were talked about, but there are definitely a lot more options than that. Um, you're not stuck in community forever, if that's not your thing. There's other places you can go. And, yeah, I think as far as graduates go, that's something you don't talk about a lot and we're not told. Um, so, yeah, I think, yeah, keeping an open mind as far as other options in your career is definitely something I'd advise. Tiffany Huxhagen points out the importance of identifying the right career for you based on your interests and expectations of yourself. Okay. Um, I am incredibly blessed that I was quite literally born and raised in a community pharmacy. Um, There are photos to this day of me sitting in my little bassinet as mum does the um, DD reports um, back in the 90s. And I was incredibly blessed that the people that I worked with then well, that we're working in the pharmacy then, I should say, um, I still have contact with today. Um, I have patients of my own who come in now with their mothers, fathers, whatever, and they'll just look at me and say, oh, Tiffany, what are you doing here? I'm like, no, I'm the other sister. Oh, what are you doing here? Like, yes, I'm still in pharmacy. Good God. Um, and the best advice that I've gotten is don't do pharmacy. Um, it was why do you want to be a pharmacist? Why do you want to do this? And I said, well, I don't actually really want to be a pharmacist um, because I was raised with the pharmacist hiding behind that wall and the people that I was watching all the time were the technicians. They were the pharmacy assistants that were, you know, helping Mrs Jones to her chair and getting her the medication and the bandages and the things that she needed. And they were my heroes. They were the people that I looked up to and idolised. And the best advice they ever gave me was... Don't stop learning. Never throw up an opportunity to learn something new, learn something different, 
And if someone criticizes what you do, ask them why. Find out what is different between what they're saying you should do and what you're doing and how you can expand on that knowledge. Um, Again, I am very, very lucky that both my sister and my mum are excellent pharmacists and have such a breadth of knowledge and experience between them that I see a lot of the world of pharmacy, especially the political side when mum was with PSA National Board, um, that no one else sees. And they sit there and go, oh, you know, this is the best thing that's ever happened to pharmacy. And I'm sitting there going, you have absolutely no idea. You don't know how much blood, sweat and tears has gone into this. And they sit there and bag it out. And I say, mate, you have no concept of what has gone into this. And they say, well, what are you going to do about it? I said, well, I'm going to sit down with these people. And I say, no, we're not happy with this. And this is why. And magic, something changed. Something clicked. And suddenly we have pharmacists that are screaming to go rural. And then suddenly they're not. And then suddenly they are again. And just as a technician, to sit there and watch it all unfold in front of you is a little bit surreal, really. But, um, yeah, best advice I ever got was just, firstly, don't be a pharmacist, and secondly, never stop learning. Mark Norton discusses the importance of finding your passion and nurturing your own knowledge and expertise through self-development. I, I think about the advice that I give people and and that, as often I've just said to people, well, do what you want to do. What are you passionate about? Um, I've now got a, uh, I guess, a, no, not a caveat, but a, an add-on to that because I think you may your passion can change and, and I think you've just got to recognise that. So I'm not really answering the question of the best advice that, I've, that was given um, and I guess it depends on what stage of my career and who that and that who that person that gave me that advice um you know some of the early advice came from my father who was a teacher a principal at a school and you know things like read widely and that's probably something that stuck with me when he was saying read widely it was all around developing language and you know reading skills and so forth um for me, reading widely in pharmacy is about developing knowledge around a whole range of things that you can then help others with. Uh, so I think that's something that's stuck with me uh, from an earliest age, read widely. Um, another piece of advice that was given to me was get a broad range of experiences and Professor Greg Peterson, who was my PhD supervisor, um, gave advice along those lines. Get a broad range of experiences, and in one of his uh, papers that he published in the sort of late 90s, it was a paper called Bring on the All-Rounders, and again, it was around some of the best uh, outcomes that a pharmacist can provide is if they've got this real broad overview of knowledge and not highly specialised. I mean, we need some specialised pharmacists. We, we know that. And it's probably become increasingly more important since the 90s as uh, uh, um, more drugs have been developed. But we still need generalists uh, because that's the sort of patients that most pharmacists are going to be seeing every day anyway. So I think a, a, we, we need broad, broad knowledge. Kathy Reid highlights the importance of knowing your own strengths and the strengths of those you work with and focusing on how to make these strengths complement each other. 
Oh, well, I, I don't do a lot of direct clinical work and haven't done for a long time. So I guess my, uh, my tip would be make sure that you get people who, you, if that's not the role that you're playing, make sure that you actually create an environment where the very, very best people with those skills want to be part of what you're doing and that they're empowered to actually play that really strong clinical role. You give them the professional freedom and flexibility to be able to do that to the very best of their abilities. That I think that holds true, though, in terms of knowing... Regardless of what your role is, knowing what your strengths are as a person and knowing the things that you're not great at, if you focus on the things that you've got a natural talent and that you can be good at and you put your energies and efforts into those, that's when you have the opportunity to be exceptional. So both from a personal perspective, understanding what it is that you're naturally talented as and giving yourself the freedom to spend the most of your time there, equally understanding that you're not so the things that you're not so good at and knowing that no matter how hard you actually work at those, you're only ever going to take yourself from maybe average to just a bit better than average and nobody ever achieved anything great by being average so I think making sure that you apply I guess that strengths-based approach not only to yourself but making sure that as a business or an organisation you've created an environment where others have the opportunity to do just that and I mean we've got loads of absolutely fantastic clinical pharmacists who we've tried to create an environment for them where they get the opportunity to be exceptional in that field every single day. Would they be great at running a business? Possibly not, but they don't have to worry about that because they've got people who, you know, we we take care of that part for them and give them the opportunity to be exceptionally clinical every day. Jacinta Johnson shares her insights into taking new roles in advocacy and governance and the importance of participation. Probably the area of my professional roles that I am, I guess, least confident with is the areas around advocacy and governance and where I'm starting to contribute to decisions that are being made. Um, And some advice I received around that was that you don't have to have all the answers uh, and just be prepared and turn up and that's 90% of you know what you need to do the rest will come uh, just you know, share your opinions and um, you'll be surprised at actually how useful you can be uh, and that in itself has value you don't need to go in knowing everything um, but be prepared show up and um, you can make a difference. Elise Apolloni discusses yes and no how to know when to be selfless and when to be mindful of how many commitments you take on been given so many bits of advice over the years. One of them is to say yes, but that sometimes can be your undoing, unfortunately. Saying yes is great, but I'm what I'm learning now is that there's this whole other skill set that you also need to be given at the same time, which is saying no, but being okay with saying no. <laughs> I'm not, don't ask me about that because I can't really give too much advice at this point. Um, a saying I think of a lot is um, getting lost in the service of others is a great, you know, is a great way to spend your life. It's a great way to find yourself. I think the full quote is one of the best ways to find yourself is to get lost in the service of others. And I believe that is a lot of what community pharmacy does. It allows you to immerse yourselves, yourself in other people's lives and other people's health care and 
and really remove yourself from that kind of almost selfish thought process around, you know, what's going on for you all the time. You, of course, are very important, but I think that very selfless nature of the role of a community pharmacist is a really great way to spend your days. Lastly, Chris Campbell addresses how to tackle opportunities and how to be guided by wanting to meet your own expectations. Two come to mind for me. So one of the first ones was don't wait until you're 100% ready if an opportunity comes, just jump. So it's, I think it's really similar to yours. It's a don't wait for an opportunity to come. Don't wait for you to be 100% ready before taking on an opportunity. Um, and so um, I think there was a time in my career where I was holding back as well if I just did this extra study or if I just felt a bit more prepared or if I if I if I was at it's just jump that was the first one the second one was it's quite specific and I started my career in hospital pharmacy um, as at a time and probably people won't remember this but hospital pharmacy wasn't necessarily a popular choice out of university when I graduated um, but I, I love the connection I, I love working with other health professionals and uh, I was really lucky to be in a small regional hospital where I was thrown in the deep end. But then I was approached to, to join um, and work in a community pharmacy and, and one of my lecturers at the time um, who was, a, who was uh, connected into the um, Society of Hospital Pharmacists, uh, I, I said to him, look, I'm, I'm making this decision. I feel like I'm going to the dark side. And he said, you're always a clinical pharmacist, regardless of setting, and that if you feel that community pharmacy is not practising at the level you would like it, you make that change. Mm-hmm. And ever since that day, I've, that's what I've put point in my career towards. And so if I'm not working, working towards that, and sometimes that happens, I've had to adjust my career to, to make that happen. Um, and that was inspired after at least 12 pints. And um, probably not some of the best, or second best bit of advice I've got. <laughs> so that's my, that's my two. <laughs> We hope you have enjoyed this episode of the AJP podcast. If you have any comments, questions or suggestions about this episode, please visit the AJP forum at ajp.com.au and join the conversation. If you have any suggestions for future topics or would like to participate in the podcast, please send an email to ajppodcast at appco.com.au or follow us on Twitter at AJP podcast.